wow. <laughs> Where did y'all come from? On a Saturday morning, this is so stinking exciting. I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome to those of you who don't necessarily uh, come here during the week, but you are welcome to come at any point in time. And we're so glad that you are here today. Uh, we all have a story, and our story begins really before we were in our mom's womb. And, um, and as women, we love to hear each other's stories. And because we can resonate with each other and, oh, yeah, I've been through that, or me too, and we can understand um, where each other has come from. And it can encourage us that we're not alone um, a lot of the time. Um, Stacy is the one who is going to tell us her story. And you probably, just by looking around, you probably have all in some way, shape, or form um, had a little touch in your life with Stacy because that is who she is. If she talks to you, it's like she's known you her whole life, and you just feel like you're her best friend. And probably a lot of us say, yeah, oh, Stacy, she's my best friend, because that's just who she is. Um, I just have to tell you a little story. Stacy is a recruiter, right? She will recruit you for something, and you will say yes before you even realize what you have said yes to. And um, where's, where's Rebecca? Rebecca. Um, once upon a time, Stacy recruited us to do a race. And okay, so it's called an adventure race. Uh, yeah. And so she didn't necessarily tell us all the fine details. And we all said, yes, oh, yes. And so this race actually started at 2 a.m. in the morning, ended at 7 a.m., and was held in the swampland of Florida. And um, completely safe. Now, there were points in time where we were up to water, up to here, in the swamp land, and you were looking for a flag in the middle of the night. You had a flashlight on your head, and I could go on. Anyway, I didn't particularly tell my husband all the details until afterwards because he would not have allowed us to do such. So let me tell you a little bit about Stacy. Stacy's a fifth-generation Sebringite, so her family goes way back, including Ganny here. A product of the local school system and now a choir teacher within the school system. She is active on the Bible Fellowship Women's Ministry Team, teaching on Wednesday nights and on the worship team, playing piano, uh, vocals, drums, and the kazoo. And I do not write this. Stacy is my all-time favorite female drummer. If you've never heard her play the drums, it will just move you. Many of you know her or have had some interaction with her. If not, you'll get a peek behind the curtain of what makes this amazing woman of God tick. Stacy's a wife and a mother, a friend, a teacher, a musician, an encourager, and the list could go on. She has a love and passion for her family. Her husband and children will never doubt the love she has for them. She is prone to adventure, just to ask any of her friends, that's all of you, uh, skydiving, running with donkeys in Colorado. Uh, she has an amazing heart for the Lord and a way of telling life just like it is, the good, bad, and the ugly. She has an infectious laugh, which I am sure you'll hear some of today. We all have a story to tell, and I'm sure some part of her story will resonate with you. Thank you for joining us this morning, and um, let's just pray before we begin. 
Lord God, I thank you so much for bringing these women here from all different walks of life and different situations that they're going through. And I just pray that this would be an hour where they could just take a deep breath and just relax and um, just kind of put in the back of their mind their to-do list and, and all the things that run through our, our minds as women. And you would just, um, Holy Spirit, you would speak to us through Stacy. She's your servant. She's a worshiper. She belongs to you. And um, she has a story to tell. And uh, I pray that you would use that this morning to draw us closer to you and that you will be glorified because of what you have done and you alone have done in her life through her and um, what you're going to do through her. So use her today, Lord. We give this morning to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Stacy. <coughs> Morning. morning. Well, my toenail already fell off this morning as I was getting ready. I thought, okay, Lord, I think this isn't a foreshadowing of me slowly falling apart um, before we even get started here. Uh, I told the kids before I laughed, I said, guys, be praying for mommy. I'm speaking in front of people. And Bauer says, mommy, talking in front of people all the time. What is the problem? And uh, Ruth and I were talking before we got started. And, you know, there's a difference between teaching the lesson and being the lesson. And uh, the, uh, the second is a little more intimidating and, and vulnerable. So first, thank you for letting me speak. It is a privilege to be here. I love serving with all of you, and you are all my best friends. Um, I love to, I love people. I love to laugh. I love to have fun. Um, and I hope that, that my story is not, you know, sometimes our testimonies are, we like to measure things in our um, in our modern world, well, this person's testimony, wow, did you hear that? Well, her testimony, well, this, well, his testimony, well, that, well, man, I can't, your testimony is your story, and it is worth being told because it's what God has done. God is the author of that story, and it's always worth being told because he gets the glory. It's about him, and so um, I had to laugh when I looked at the screen when they, when if you were in the sanctuary and you saw, you know, Stacy, they were making the announcement, Stacy Smale, coffee break, storyteller. I was like... I whispered over to Susan, I said, Susan, should I bring some puppets? Like, what am I, what am I, should I, should I bring props? But it's, you know, I, it caught me. I, I love that because we, we have seasons as people where we like to learn new things. We like to, you know, get in a study. We like to go to a class. But people always like to hear a good story. You know, think about how Sunday schools function. They're on good stories, right? They don't sit and learn about Leviticus and uh, read Chronicles today, little three-year-olds. Here we go. And no, we listen to stories. We love stories. Children love stories. Stories bring us back to just raw reality, you know, of, of what we've been through. We, uh, you know, I'm sure you would agree we like to put on the, the Facebook screen, how are you? I'm good. No, you're not. Because <laughs> I'm not either, and it's okay. We don't, uh, we don't show that side enough, and we all do it. You know, we, we don't like to let our, our walls down because it makes us vulnerable. And, but how many of you with a raise of hands could say, Somebody in your life has been there that has been able to say, yes, me too. I know I have. And it, it brings healing. Those me too's bring healing. Just desperately needed healing. And so when we are real with each other and, and raw with each other, that happens and God can move in people's lives. Um, you know, I, I hope that I'm encouraging to you this morning, but more than anything, I hope it encourages you to tell your story. It's worth being told. Um, God is the author. God has done something. God is doing something. And God has people for you to encourage. 
You have a circle of people in your life that I will never meet. Your story's worth telling because God is still breathing inside of you. God is still allowing you to get up every morning and tell your story and be a part of people's lives so that their lives can be encouraged. It's never, ever about us. It's never fully about us. We, we are not here simply for ourselves. So I, I do hope I'm encouraging you to today, but I want to remind you to tell your story, what God has done and what God is doing. Sit down sometime. If you, now this means we have to be still. We don't like to be still very often. If you're like me, after about 15 minutes, I get a little jittery. But sit down sometime and start writing the things God has done. Where you were 10 years ago. I am not, praise Jesus, the same person I was 10 years ago. I pray I'm not the same, same person today in 10 years that I am now. Start writing those things God has done. It, and it will, it'll, it'll put you in a state of awe, just where he's brought you. Where he's brought you from and what he's brought you through. Um, and so it encourages, it encourages you, uh, it encourages others, and it reminds you what God has done. And that is exactly what happened this week for me. Um, as I'm trying to put all the pieces together about life and what all that involves, I was absolutely taken back as God reminded me of all the places he had brought us to and brought us through. The fun, the difficult, the laughter, the pain, the gifts, and the loss. I was a bawling mess. I told our Wednesday night girls, it was just that ugly cry. You know, that like cry, your kids look at you and they're like, Mom, what happened? Nothing, baby. Just a fire truck came by and sprayed me in the face. It's okay. It's good. It's all right. They'll probably be back. Don't worry. You know, that whole light cry of publisher's clearinghouse knocks on the door. I'm sorry, I can't answer right now because I look like I do. That kind of cry. And, it, you know, God just, it wasn't because of sadness. It was just, it was a, a reminder of who God is and how good he is. So I'm just going to warn you now, the eyes may begin to flush. And uh, sometimes we forget to flush, right? We forget we need a good flush, and it, it brings healing. And so that may happen because I'm, I'm not a big crier, but there's certain things in my life that once they're mentioned, that's it. I have no control whatsoever. Um, pouring tears because of the things God allowed, but God in his goodness, his goodness, his goodness brought us through. Some were tears because I'm still wondering why things were broken, why things had to happen. But God reminds me, he, he has me in his hand. He has a perfect plan. He is good. He is right. He sees a bigger and better picture than I do and more than that. And this is a hard one to take. He does not owe me an explanation. And that is tough. That is tough. He never dismisses my questions. He never is scared of my questions. He's never angry about my questions or yours. But he doesn't necessarily, on this earth, owe me an explanation. We live on the promises of God. Simply the promises and faithfulness of God, not the explanations. Not our circumstances. Our, the promises that he will never leave or forsake us. That he's not a God of chaos, but he's a God of order. That his thoughts are not my thoughts, his ways are not my ways. He knows when I rise and when I go down. That he has eternally sealed me in Christ and one day it will all make sense. There's a couple of things, you know, I want you guys to just remember this way, this day. It, 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 you matter. One day it will all make sense. And sometimes you just need a fire hose cry. So forgive me if I start to flush my eyes a little bit. I hope you're encouraged today, encouraged to remember, as a good friend of mine said, Christ's heart was always to be present in our circumstances. He's never far. Always present in our circumstances. To share our heartaches and fill us with joy and hope. He is never apart from us. He's in us. And that he is 100% worthy to be trusted. 
when it doesn't make sense, when you're mad at him. We like to hide that. I can't be mad. I'm a Christian. If you're honest, you've been angry with God. And he is not afraid of that. And God allows us to work through those things. But he is, he is worthy to be trusted. And he's never shown himself to be anything but that. He's worthy to be trusted. Our brokenness leads us to him. Our brokenness leads us to cry out. Our brokenness allows him to come in and be the absolute only one who can save. Our brokenness reminds us of our fragile state, our inability to save ourselves, and our desperate, desperate need for a savior. If we forget how desperate we are for a perfect savior, we will walk elsewhere. And we cannot, we cannot afford to do that. Our brokenness brings us to him. He brings us to uh, mold us and shape us to become something much more beautiful than we could be on our own. Adam was sharing Wednesday night with the kids that the Japanese, when things break, they mend broken things. Uh, they fix them by filling the cracks with gold because they believe when something suffered damage, it has, it has a history. It becomes more beautiful. When something's been broken and God heals it, it becomes more beautiful. So about my life, I grew up in an incredibly loving home. Uh, it was my dad, my mom, and my younger brother. And I, we were all very close. I don't remember many times we weren't together. My mom and dad didn't do a lot of those, leave us for a week, and, you know, we were always together. My parents were at everything growing up. I can't remember anything they ever missed. We lived near uh, my grandmother's. My grandma's here today. And our grandpas as well. In fact, we had five generations alive until I was about eight years old, all living in Sebring. There was never a time we weren't eating well. <laughs> always eating well. I always laugh. Danny could have four ingredients in her refrigerator, and somehow there's a pot roast at the end of it. Um, and it's always good. She made some soup for our family the other night, and one of my kids goes, you should really start selling that. <laughs> Oh, we didn't grow up necessarily in the church every week. We went to church occasionally and were involved here and there. My great-grandmother was a constant encouragement and a voice, Ganny's mother, we called her Ma, to know, that the, to know the Lord and live for Him. I have no doubt she prayed for us for years. Um, I would tell her, yeah, Ma, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm a teenager. I know everything, you know. What do I, what do I need this Jesus thing for? I'm a good kid. I'm getting the grades. I'm playing ball. I'm, I'm doing well. Then my brother, one day, gave his life to Christ. And um, I'm watching this whole thing. And I had a teacher of mine at the time, now one of my dear friends, just point blank come up to me and say, Hey, why haven't you accepted Christ? Like, why are you all up in my business? <laughs> she had every right to ask me that question. And I'm so glad she did. And I didn't have an answer. And God started working on my heart. And uh, soon after, I accepted Christ. And um, in the last year of high school, uh, prior to that, I was the epitome of a good kid headed to hell. That's what I was. Um, sometimes we forget our good works are just filthy rags, as the Bible says. They're of no worth whatsoever. And God in his goodness just kept, kept tugging on me, kept tugging, kept tugging. You realize God doesn't owe us that? God doesn't owe us to chase us. But he is so faithful. He is so faithful, and he keeps coming back and saying, come on, you need me. You don't even know it yet, but you desperately need me. Because we were in a good home. We were a loving home. We had the things we needed. We weren't super rich, but we had love overflowing. But I needed Christ. None of that mattered. I didn't have Christ. So soon after, I, uh, 
I graduated, headed to Florida Southern College um, as what they now call a discovery major, which basically means I had no clue what I wanted to do. And uh, I thought about marine biology, and then I saw one too many National Geographics that solved that. And then I even thought about uh, architecture. I want to be an architect. I'm very close to going into the military. There were a lot of things I almost did. Um, in the meantime, I played um, as a walk-on for Florida Southern fast-pitch softball team. I kept up my studies in the land of discovery and started feeling a tug towards music. It had always been a part of my life. It's just something that God continues to this day to just pierce my heart with, to move my life in. And it's just something I just, I know this sounds pretty cheesy, I just can't go without. So a year without that kind of answered a lot of those questions, and I, I uh, declared a degree in music education. So um, I don't really understand how I went an entire year <clears throat> without some sort of music in there. Um, it had been my, as part of my life as long as I can remember. Uh, during that time, my parents separated. That was, you know, an obvious strain and stress on, on our lives, and it, and it changed some things drastically. During college, I met this guy that I recognized from high school at a coffee shop. In high school, we were definitely in different crowds and really never spoke a word to each other. Hallelujah. He says to this day, he never, <laughs> to this day, he's glad we never actually knew each other back then. So we stayed in touch and kept finding reasons to meet up. I had no idea. God had been working in saving and transforming my life and this man's heart as well. I also had no idea the stud would be my husband one day. If you would have told anyone that Stacy and Adam would have ended up as husband and wife, they would have laughed at you. They would have been like, you sure you got the right two names? Cause... But God is so good. I love how God works. And you know the things we brought into our marriage, just young people thinking we know what we're doing. And looking back where God had brought us individually and how he brought us together, it was 100% of the Lord, just from God, the only way it could have happened. But God had been preparing and working in both of our lives so that at just the right time we would meet. But God, you ever have those, those times where you can just say, but God, but God, but God, God is so good, so good. And, you know, through my story and through your story, we all have the goods, the bads, the uglies, right? And it's always a hindsight is always 2020 after. Those good seasons, enjoy them. But those rough seasons, remember those good seasons that you're still serving the same God in the rough that you were in the good. He's still there. He's still the same. I graduated from college in May, was married in June, and started my first teaching position as an elementary music director in August. Talk about a whirlwind. Next five years were filled with joys and crazies of being newlyweds, adventures, no money, crazy side jobs, and really just enjoying life. And at the end of those five years, we were blessed with two separate trips to Europe. One we went with Amy and uh, her husband on through school and church. Little did we know we were about to enter a season that would change our lives forever. But God knew. There's a quote I saw this week. It said, what we really love and trust aren't truly seen until we're tested by loss. What we really love and trust are not truly seen until we're tested by loss. That just hit me. It's like, man, that's part of why I had that ugly cry this week. Because God has proven himself over all the things we're going to look at this morning to be who he's always been. Trustworthy, true, loving, kind, perfect, holy, righteous, covering, atoning, redeeming friend. He is who he says he is. God knew. God always knows. God was preparing us. Yes, we were believers. Yes, we love the Lord. But God is a God of order and has a plan. He's not in this 
to make us happy. It's not always about the easy road. It's not always about our happiness. It's about Christ. We do not exist for ourselves. We do not exist for ourselves. That's a hard one to swallow, right? We live in a world that's like, live your best life. Follow your heart. We're not going to tell you where all that goes. Just do that. You can't do those things. It's not about us. We began a season of God showing us how much I needed him, how desperate I am without him, and how incredibly good and perfect he is to come and rescue in every season that, that, that brings our way. School had started for the year, and I all was well. Um, my mom began to get sick. She suffered from, some of you know, as fibromyalgia for years, and the medicine had begun to take a toll on her body. The pain, the depression, the struggle was wearing on her. We didn't know all the things we know now about that and what that looks like and where those things are rooted in and how to heal those things. We just didn't know those back then. Back then, they just medicated. She kept getting worse over the next month. I remember a doctor telling me in September, she has about six weeks. But, well, okay, Lord, I, I believe you over this man. He's a doctor, but you're God. I refused to believe or speak that over her. Lots of appointments and doctors later, she was set to have a transplant in December. Things were looking up. Her numbers were good enough to be put on the list. Flushing. October 21st, she called me, um, actually while I was at church. We were in the middle of something, and I just thought, you know, I'll call her back tonight. And we got home late, so I didn't. I thought I'd call her in the morning. And uh, we received a call about 2.30 or so uh, that night from, I believe it was my aunt, saying we need to come out to the house now. I knew something wasn't right. Um, my mom had passed away earlier in the night. Um, I just don't think her body could take it any longer. We did get to see her before the ambulance come. We got to lay with her for a little bit. I still wonder what was going on. I, I still wonder what she was going to say to me on the phone. I went through a whole season of complete anxiety. The enemy tried to use it. And what, what the enemy tried to use for, for evil, God used for good. He always does. Um, I was, I was uh, very anxious about ever missing anyone's call for a good year after that, if not more. And... Uh, because I had already messed that up once. I didn't want to mess that up again. I didn't want to miss calls. I didn't want to miss people. Um, the Lord called her home. And to be completely honest, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I was frustrated with God. I was mad at God. I was frustrated. I had no control over it. I'm, I'm one of those go fix it people. I'm not one to sit and watch. I just go get up. My mom used to say I'm like a bull in a china shop sometimes when it comes to that. But uh, I like to get up and, and go do. I'm a, I'm a doer, and I, it, it, I just hated the fact I had no control over it. I was confused. God, we begged and prayed. The doctor said she was going to make it. Why are you not answering that why God? Have you asked that question before? Why God? Again, he doesn't owe us an explanation. But we are free to ask those things. God is, God is not afraid of those things. Why God? I remember sitting on the porch next day thinking, Look, okay, Lord, you've, you've taken one of the biggest pieces of my heart, the biggest pieces of my life. I'm done. I'm done. And I felt the Lord say, if you were done, you'd be here with me too. If you were done, you'd be here with me too. 
I know you're angry with me right now. I know you don't understand it and your heart is crushed, but I still have things for you to do. You are allowed to be all of those things, but in Christ's name, you are not allowed to stay there because God has a purpose. Now, I'd like to say, yo, I hop, I'd like to tell you I hopped up that day and I was just on my mission for ministry. No, this was years and years and years of not, not knowing if he had any tears or heart left to, to flush out. And uh, God, was, God was doing something bigger than I think I still even know. And I still wonder. What we really love and trust aren't truly seen until we're tested by loss. Loss reveals what we really love and what we really truly believe. Was God showing me that I had yet, God was showing me that I had yet to truly understand what trusting him looked like. Remember, I had a great childhood, incredible parents who did everything with us. I was comfortable, but God had a plan to show me how to depend on him. Y'all, if God does not show you your need for him, you're not going to run to him. And if we do not run for him, we're going to run to something else. So in this, in, this, in this plan that sometimes is the most painful thing we can be a part of, God is making you more like him. God is bringing you to him. God is drawing you to him. He has a plan. He is not unaware. He is not unaware. Is God against us being comfortable? Not at all. But he is against our lives being lived for nothing more than ourselves. And God loves us enough to break us so he can show us who he is and how everything in creation belongs to him, including my mom. She belongs to him, including my children. That is a hard one. He owns. He has control over it. He knows what's best. Not saying I always like that or that it's easy, but it's true. And some days you just simply have to go to what's true. You have to sit on truth when it doesn't feel right. You have to sit on truth when you don't want to. You have to sit on truth when everything in the world is saying otherwise. You sit on truth because God is truth. God has got to be our starting point. We must stand on truth and who God is above our feelings and our questions. The Bible says we've been given everything we need for life and godliness. Whatever you're going through in Christ, you can get up. You will make it. You will make it. God said, I'm never going to leave or forsake you. We can either believe that or not. This is a beautiful thing about God. He never makes us do anything. He's a God of relationship, and he says, you can trust me. You don't have to, but you can trust me and watch what I'm going to do in your life. These are things that I had to struggle through. It may not look the way you wanted, but you do have it in you to make it because he is in you. I had to either believe Christ is sovereign or not. I had to believe his word or not. If, he will take, if we will take time and, and, and seek his word, he will always show he's worthy to be trusted. He's always for our good, and he's always right. It's not an easy truth to hold to some days, but at the end of the day, that must be our strength. We hold on to promises and not explanations. God didn't and doesn't owe me an answer. He is God. He has the right to do what is best for his plan. I am not telling you I, I live in that and like that. I'm a selfish sinner, but I have to, I have to submit to it. If God were to say, Stacy, would you want to grow or have your mom back? I can't say I don't struggle with that answer. Yes, his heart aches for his people. He shares in our circumstances and longs to fill us with hope. About three weeks after my mom had passed, we were eating, and I noticed almost an entire rotisserie chicken had been eaten by me in one night. I started doing the math, and I thought, oh, that's weird. 
My insatiable appetite can only mean one thing. We are expecting our first bundle of joy. The chicken was delicious, by the way. Now Adam is always cautious when he sees a chicken carcass in the kitchen. It's like, get check on that real quick. He gives and he takes away. He gives and he takes away. Three weeks after my mom had passed, we found out we were pregnant. And God knew. God always knows. God knew what we needed. He's, Job 121, he gives and he takes away. God had decided to take my mom, one of the greatest gifts of my life, but decided to give me another one of the greatest gifts, our son. Looking back, Christ knew we needed something to keep us moving. I had no choice but to get up. The little bundle of joy helped our whole family. It gave us something to celebrate again. The struggle, knowing my mom would never be a part of that, was, was hard. You know, the why God again, but God is good. 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 Some days you just have to tell yourself that. Meanwhile, my dad, who had been a lifetime diabetic, began to lose more and more function of his kidneys and was placed on dialysis and was waiting on a kidney and pancreas transplant. Why, God? Why, Lord? Ambulances were called several times during the night as he stayed with us for several weeks. I wasn't sure what God was doing. I couldn't make sense of why everything seemed to be falling apart. Was God going to bring my dad home too? What would, Lord, is there another way you can show me this? Is there another way you can speak to me outside of this? Finally, in January, he was called and the hospital had a donor. An 18-year-old girl was in a car accident and he received both her kidneys and pancreas. Now, we, we kind of laugh with him because he's got like 12 kidneys in there, you know, and, you know, got pancreas. He has an extra kidney. Um, God gives and he takes away. My dad's heart ached for that family losing their baby. Our heart rejoiced that we got to keep our dad. The Lord gives and he takes away, and he's good in all of it. He's good in all of it. The Lord graciously brought my dad through the transplant, and he is 100% healthy, praise God, and hasn't been a diabetic in about 13 years. Yeah, amen. It's amazing what God allows our bodies to do. After losing mom two months earlier, I was so thankful he allowed my dad to stay with us. Four months later, this is a busy year, y'all. This is a fire hose year. We went in for a 40 sonogram. You know, when you go in for those things, you're like, how many Ds are there? You got 2D, 3D, what is, is there like an 8D? What happens after four? I don't, and I remember, you know, first time parents, we're looking at the screen. We're like, yay, we get to see our little person. And I remember Adam looking at the screen and saying, why are his lips so swollen? And I was like, you know, they are. What's going on with that? So, you know, this precious nurse, I think she was new. She says, hold on. I'll be right back. I have to get the doctor. It's like, I looked at it and I was like, well, that doesn't sound promising. So our little guy doctor comes in and he explains what has happened. <clears throat> Our little guy would be born with a craniofacial deformity. Uh, most of you know it as cleft lip and palate. Again, why God? So, you know, this was all from August to the following April. Why God? We had no idea what it was or what, it, what the repair involved. We did the worst thing possible and Googled it. <laughs> Don't ever Google anything. I had a girlfriend of mine one time, she had an ailment, and she Googled it, and it said she had prostate problems. 
no, no, I think we can check that one off. We're okay. I think we're good. I don't think that's it, girl. Go to the next one. Oh, don't Google stuff, y'all. After weeks of crying and begging God to heal him in my womb, we began looking for surgeons. I wanted to find someone that did the surgery in utero. You know, first-time parent, totally clueless. A friend, you know, because that sounds less tragic than, I, I don't clueless. A friend of mine called one day and said, hey, Stace, I found a hospital that does it like that, but they've only tried it on goats. <laughs> goats. Okay. Well, thanks, girl. That's awesome. You know what? We're not goats, but let's go that way. Let's see what happens. We got to start somewhere. God knew. God knew. God knew. And God always knows. After talking with the surgeon himself on the phone, with, um, we knew that this is where the Lord wanted us to be. We started our journey back and forth to Children's Hospital when Bauer was four weeks old, and uh, we never looked back. The care and the love that is, has been immeasurable and uh, 100% orchestrated by Christ. That's a whole nother coffee break, that whole story. <clears throat> the road has been long with that, but God is good, and God is right, and God for new. God has been more has been more involved in this whole thing. There's more involved in this whole thing called life than myself. I can't tell you the amount of people the Lord has brought into our lives because our son was born with this challenge. He has taught us so much, him going through these things. And what 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 we saw as a, a coming disaster <laughs> um, when he was born, man, did we see God work. You know, you hate your kids having to go through anything. And I know some of you in here have had your kids have to go through surgeries at very young ages, right out of the womb. It is just tough. It is just tough watching your babies. But man, are they resilient. Man, are they strong. The amount of people the Lord has brought into our lives because our son was born with this. God has encouraged people through it. He's encouraged us. God has brought people to the hospital, to that hospital through it. God has even allowed us to encourage a mom who was contemplating getting rid of her baby because of the same thing. And it was... Um, he was going to have cleft lip and palate as well. And just to be able to encourage her, and she ended up, whether it was because of us or not, I don't know, but we got to encourage her, and she, she kept the baby. About a year after Bauer was born, we were expecting again. Not long into the pregnancy, we had a miscarriage. We tried again and had another miscarriage. This time causing me to have to have a surgery and have everything removed. Again, why God? It's been a busy, busy couple years, Lord. What is going on? Y'all, God is always in the... <clears throat> God is always in the process of preparing you for something. God is always in the process of preparing you for someone. God is always in the process of maturing you for the people that are in your lives so that the gospel can go forward. I would love to say I'm okay with that all the time. I'm just not. But I have to go back to what I know to be true and what God has always proven that whatever it is, God is good and he's always preparing you for something better. For someone else, for someone outside of you. Wondering if we were able to, going to be able to have another baby, a little chub of love. We tried again. And the Lord blessed us with a beautiful, healthy baby girl. Some people were asking, Would you, are you hoping for a boy or a girl? I'm like, two lips, please. Two lips. <laughs> two lips. That'll do. The Lord brought us the most beautiful baby girl in this world. And sometimes I think she may think that Bauer has a bigger story. And she doesn't, but what she doesn't know is we almost didn't try for her. And, oh, 
that girl. I don't know what I'd do without her. See, there's a joy in my soul. And God knew I needed that sweetness. She is such a great sister. Bauer is such a good brother to her. My children, these are one of those flushy things, right? Inspire hose moments. How we are never prepared for what God has in store when he blesses us with children. I thought I was patient. Oh, I thought I was patient. No, I'm not. I never knew how beautiful sleep was until we had children. I also never knew what love was. I went through so many seasons of anxiety and fear. Am I doing it right? Do they know how much I love them? Lord, are you going to take me from them? Please, God, don't let my children have to ever feel that. And I went through a long couple years dealing with that. Um, sometimes I still deal with it. I don't want to be, you know, without them sometimes because I don't want to... There was a conference we were supposed to go to uh, in Denver one year. And I was like, Lord, I, I, I can't. I can't do it. I can't go. I can't leave. I, if you take me, if we go down in that plane, you know, completely irrational. Anybody ever had some irrational going on in their life? I mean, you have, there are times where I've completely, just, I mean, the world has been destroyed before it can even get going. But I let fear overtake me. I was fearful of what could happen to them. What if something happened to me? Lord, please don't let them feel that. But in the end, the word of God says our days are numbered. He knows what they are. Why do I think I have control over anything? Worry doesn't add a day to them. So God began a journey of helping me to let go and deal with issues I hadn't dealt with yet. God is good and will always be present in our circumstances. My kids make my heart happy and fire my heart up to call on the name of Jesus at the same time. I am blown away that Christ has allowed me to be a steward of them and have the privilege to smother them with love kisses and occasional pop-pops. That's what we used to call spankings when they were little. Pop-pops. My husband, marriage has a way of getting you over yourself, does it not? Sounds like an experiment. Hey, let's take two sinners and put them in the same house and watch what happens. Ready? Go. This will be fun. And it is, oh, the goodness of God, the humor of God. Y'all, God has a sense of humor. Oh, we have had an incredible 17 years of joy, laughter, crying, heartache, disappointment, frustration, adventure, and love. We've had to apologize more times than we can count and pridefully didn't more times than we'd like to admit. We've loved well. We have loved selfishly. But God has continued to give us strength and see this beautiful thing called marriage in light of the gospel. And the joys and struggles have been worth every minute. My husband is my main squeeze, my best friend, my trusted one, and the one I get to do life with. I'm humbled that God allows it. And through everything, he's, he's been there day in and day out. So we're still doing this thing called life. We are still in seasons where we struggle in our marriage. We struggle with our kids. We struggle remembering to put God before all things. But God never changes. We change. Life changes. Things change. People change. God never changes. He's always there. He always has been. You've heard me say several times today, why God? This week I was prepping and uh, to a friend of mine, um, Susan's sister actually, uh, shared a song. It's called Why God. And again, music is huge to my heart. And so I was like, oh, that sounds good. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. I'm telling you all, this past week, it was just, I needed to go hide under a bed for a couple days and come out later because it was just better for everyone. We all have that question at some point in our lives, but the why God 
The questions that don't always have the answer we're looking for are exactly why, God, I need you. That's what the whole song talks about. Why, God, do people have to die? Why, God, are things broken? Why, God, are people, why are we just a mess, God? And it says, I don't understand, but what I do understand is this is why, God, I need you. This is why, God, I run to you. This is why, God, I, I run to you with open arms over and over and over again. That's why I need you, God. That's why I hold on for you to you for dear life. And I find you're right by my side. Why does God allow things in our lives? I think we keep asking that question because we want a better answer. Isn't that the question we always ask? Why, are, why does God allow it? We want someone, just one person walk in the door and tell me what I want to hear. Why does God allow things in our lives? He wants to use us. He wants to break us so we see our need for him. If we do not see our need, God, guys, and if we do not see God for who he is and his holiness and his worthiness and his trustworthiness, we will lose sight and walk to other things. We have to remember, remember our desperate need for him. God is worthy to be sought no matter what. He is good. He is right. He is just. He is perfect. Some things in our lives are simply unbearable and make us question. We have to stand on his promises. His promise never to leave us. His promise, his promises he will make all things right one day. He will make things right one day. God is good in both the giving and the taking away. Because both are for the sake of our joy in him. He is good in the giving and the taking. I'm still trying to figure out why he decided to take my mom home. I'm still trying to figure out why... You know, our son was born the way he was. I'm still trying to figure out why we lost baby. So, you know, there's things, but I can't sit in those things. I can mourn them. I can grieve them. I can praise God that one day it's going to make sense. But he will make all things right one day. And the joy and loss and pain, we realize he is the reason we even know joy. This life will disappoint, people will be taken, things will be lost, and the enemy would love to make you stop and let your sorrow become a well that dries, tries to drown you. But God. But God, God is the giver of life. And if I step outside myself, I know that my mom is somewhere that she would not ever want to leave because she's with her Savior. And the reality is God's going to take other people. God is going to take other things from my life. And I don't like that. I do not like that. I don't get a vote on it, though. God's going to take people because, first off, he loves them more than I do, which is hard to comprehend. He loves them more than I do. God is a giver of life. He is the sustainer. He is the redeemer. He has won victory for his people and allows us to see this life as beautiful, painful, Fun, disappointing, a roller coaster of emotions, questions, and why gods. But it is also a gracious reminder that this is not our home. Praise Jesus, this is not it. I want to encourage you today, if you do not know Christ as your Savior, you may be experiencing the goodness of God, but that goodness stops when you meet him face to face. If you do not know the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, 
I want to encourage you to know him, to say yes to him, so that the goodness of God can be here and the goodness of God can be throughout all eternity with him, with the ones you love. He has a purpose in your life and don't let anything in this world make you think that he's worth running from. We are not here solely for our happiness, simply passing through. He has a plan to make us more like him, that the gospel can be told to people because of the story he's allowed in our lives. You know what is interesting is sometimes we forget. Think of the people that brought the gospel to your life, that, that, that had an impact on you coming to the Lord. You don't, All you know is the incredible encouragement and, and, and life that they gave to your heart. You don't know all the stuff that they had to trust God through. You don't know all the good, the bad, the ugly of their story. They're able to bring you the gospel because of what God did in their life, because of the way God broke them, because of the, God, the way God broke their heart, the way God took things from them. They are able to bring you the gospel with full trust and authority in Jesus Christ because of what he has done in their life, not because life is easy. So know that God is, is preparing you and using you and transforming your heart and breaking your heart. Ugh. Who's going to get up and go, yay, I can't wait till God breaks my heart today? Nobody. But I have to keep in the forefront of my mind that he has a plan. I don't even have to like it. But he's God. He's God. The gospel. We get to take the gospel to people through our stories. The story of Christ. It changed my life. He's making me new. I wish I could say I've got this all figured out. And I won't till glory. But he remains faithful. And he continues to lead and guide and love this, this heart that so easily forgets who he is. The enemy would love for you to be disappointed and stagnant and question God in whatever you're going through. We're all got something, y'all. We all got something. Sometimes I wish in these things we could like hold up signs, you know, like foam fingers and just like hold up your thing. What's your thing? What's your thing you keep tripping on? What's your thing you keep letting the enemy press you down with? What's the thing you keep wondering, does God really love me? Could God really love me in this? The answer is yes. God is worthy to be trusted. He's never shown himself to be anything but that. How do we know that? Because his word tells us. I, women's ministry, Beth Moore, none of us have anything life-giving to give you. But what the word of God has done in our life. we are not in the word of God on a consistent basis, we are missing out. We are missing out on what God has for us and the people God has for our lives. And again, I wish I could tell you I wake up every morning and I'm on point. I'm not. But God is good and he's going to keep moving. He's going to keep coming after me. Surround yourselves with godly-minded people. God brought so many people in my life with with. My mom, with our, our kids, our marriage, there were, you know, you probably have the same seasons I do of just almost physically sick because of just fear and anxiety in your life. I admire you guys that don't deal with that. I'm like a little jealous, you know. I've got friends of mine that are just not warriors. I'm like, no. Here, let me give you some. Go for it. I've got 12 things. You want 10? You can worry about those. I'll worry about them. Trust them and tell your story. Trust him and tell your story. 
that others can be assured that the one who rescued you can rescue them. It's all about him, y'all. We've got to bring it back to him. The easy, the easy part is there is none. <laughs> there is no easy part. The gospel, the story of Christ, becomes more real to you and has the power to save them. And just like, you know, with, with our marriage, after 18, wait a minute, I can add, 17 years, it's worth it. He will always be worth it because his life is worth living. He's got incredible blessings for you to be a part of. It's not always about the, the, the tragic things. I could go on for another hour on just the amazing thing God, things God's allowed us to be a part of. The people, the, the trips, the, the ministries. What a good God he is. Who am I that you are mindful of me? Who am I? Wretched sinner saved by grace. Enjoy this life God has given you. Enjoy it fully, but know it is not completely about us. Let him use you. You are loved. One day it'll all make sense. And get sprayed by a fire hose occasionally. The gospel is real and has the power to change our lives. Thank you for letting me share today. I appreciate it.